Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the return of the Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is a man who, you know, normally at this point I make a little quippy joke about my friend here, but given the uh, the season, given the, the holiday we just passed and the fact that I know he's had a kind of a rough week, I just want to say a man that I am thankful for. A uh, man that I appreciate for all the hard work he puts in the show. And a man I'm just very thankful to have as a friend of my life, Mr. Drew Celestino. Aww. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, I was hoping you had had a good one for me this week. But, that, <laughs> I, but I, I graciously accept. Thank you. Okay. I am grateful for you as well, sir. All right. Appreciate that as well. So, Drew. We, Hi. We, we, uh, we took a week off. Yeah. Um, Lots going on. Yeah. The, the week got busy and then unexpectedly more busy and then in the words of uh brooks from from shawshank redemption uh the world got itself in a big damn hurry yeah uh so we we tried a couple times for last week but circumstances conspired against us so we decided just take a breather for like the holiday week and whatnot uh and we you know sent out that nice little message saying we appreciate everyone we're going to be back and here we are we, we are, are back. back you had thanksgiving you had the day after you had black friday folks you had better things to do than listen to us blabber about that's true marvel and daredevil and luke cage and stuff so so we're back true yes how was your two weeks it's, it's it has been two that is confirmed it has been two well we are we are here on sunday sunday morning yeah Hi. Okay. So, uh, emotional roller coaster of a couple of weeks. So, let's let's start with the bad. Unfortunately, but not not to get the show off on a negative note. But I just kind of want to get this out so we can move on into better, yeah. more fun stuff. Um, unfortunately, my uncle passed away a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, very unexpectedly, um, within a week, uh, he found out they, they they admitted him to the hospital with an insane fever. Uh, they found out within a few days that he had very severe lymphoma, and a couple of days after that, he he died. Um, very sad, very very sad. Uh, then we had the Thanksgiving week, uh, and then the services were uh, Friday was the wake. Um, I've never seen so many people at a wake. Yeah. There was a line that's, out the door. That's how you know you have uh, a life well lived. My God, man! I'll 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 extrapolate on that in a moment. But um, then the funeral yesterday, which was obviously very difficult. Uh, that's you know, I think I noted to you that I had a real hard time kind of processing emotions during yeah. the week. Um, honest, you know, obviously at the funeral things get very final, and that's when everything kind of starts to bubble up a little bit. So it was it was a hard day. Um, I will say this uh, about my uncle. Um, Often said the wrong things. Very often said the wrong things. The man's heart was the biggest heart of anyone I've ever known. His heart was always in the right place. He always made you feel welcome. He welcomed everyone into his home, into his life. And I mean everyone. Anyone he met. He saw the good in everybody. And uh, just the, a gigantic man, both physically and in in in, in his heart. Like. Uh, do not say that, uh, you know, facetiously or or don't take that lightly. I'm being very, very serious. Uh, youth coach, uh, hockey coach, teacher, family man, just a, a great guy. And it really sucks that he's gone. Yeah. So uh, 
life ain't fair, man. Um, my heart goes out to my my family, obviously. Uh, his kids, my my cousins, they were in our wedding. They were the ring bearer and flower girl, and like we're still really close with them. Um, I, I I my heart breaks for them and my aunt. So families is our family's very tight. So we get through everything together, and we will. Um, but it just it sucks. But uh, a greater legacy, I can't even imagine, dude. The guy just knew everyone. It's it's madness. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. I've always said try to live in a way that your funeral is standing room only. You know that uh, that that <laughs> you're not kidding, dude. That that became evident yesterday. It was it was packed. You could you could have sold tickets to this thing. <laughs> I, like I joke, but my God, man, just what a what a life and uh, what yeah. a legacy. What so, was his name? Uh, Mike. My Mike. Mike. I think it's safe to say we uh, we dedicate this episode. Absolutely, man. Um, so that was that's. That's how that's been kind of weighing on yeah. everything uh, over the last couple weeks. Um, but let's let's spin into some positives because there are several. I'm looking at one right over there. I know you are. So let's <laughs> let's just get into the heart of the matter, sir. Uh, it's no it is no secret, and I will not keep it a secret that I'm a Metallica fan of of, of to a very high degree. Yes, uh, I'm like a, a level ninety nine pa- paladin mage Metallica <laughs> fan. Okay. Uh, so we got a new Metallica record finally. We did. Um, those of you who follow us on Facebook, uh, might have, I think we shared the link. I'm not positive. I I wrote an exhaustive review of the record, both, uh, in full. I gave it my full thoughts and then I went track by track and then I did a little summary. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to check it out. I've gotten some good compliments on it and I thank everyone who has had kind things to say about it. I Uh, I enjoy writing. I was waiting until I like fully digested the album. Sure. To, before I went and read the review, I'm about five or six listens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, gets, it just so. gets better. It's pretty, pretty cool <laughs> to me, anyway. You might differ, but that's all right. Um, I'm, I'm, I could not be happier, man. It's, uh, it's great to see that they are still at the top of their game to, for the most part. Um, I can nitpick, but that's because I'm a fan and I know intricacies that are ridiculous and yeah. Uh, they're vibrant. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've done everything. They've played all seven continents on the Earth. They've played Antarctica, okay? Like, nice. they have nothing left to prove to anyone, and yet, here they are doing it still, because they, that's what they know, it's what they love, and they're doing it. And uh, it feels like uh, the album is very fresh and uh, yet familiar, which is great, because I, you know, I don't want them to just retread old stuff, and yeah. I, you know, and... Sometimes when you do two th- things too differently than people are expecting, there's backlash, which they know all too well. Um, and me as a fan, know all too well. Uh, so th- it's 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 great. It's fantastic. They kind of did something which for me was very unexpected. It sounds very vibrant, very fresh, and uh, I'm stoked. So, as if that couldn't be any cooler, they announced uh, a Toronto show. In a 900-seat venue. That's not very big. At the Toronto Opera House. I'm a longtime fan club member. But um, they did a, they do contests in the fan yeah. club, okay? So what I mean by that is you usually have early grabs at tickets or meet and greets, things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's a lottery system. So you, you enter and you hope. That's mm-hmm. all you can do. And since they've opened the fan club up for free to everybody as of a couple years ago, the odds are a little slimmer. Yeah. Uh, it used to be a pay membership, and I am a longstanding paying member, which I no longer pay because it's free now. Yeah. But they still give credence to those longtime members. 
So I went to bed uh, the night the contest closed, and I did not receive a notification saying that I won tickets. And I was like, oh, well, the odds were long. So such is. Well, the next morning came about, and my inbox got a message. I got tickets to the show. Yay. I am going to see Metallica Tuesday night uh, in a 900-seat venue. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) How many many tickets did you get? I have two. Me and a plus one. When are we going? When are we going? I am going with Jason Oberg in the long, cold, dark. My Metallica BFF for the last uh, 20 years now. How many times has Jason seen Metallica? More than me. He might be he, he might be close to 20. You know how many times I've seen Metallica? No. Oh, that's a goose egg. Ooh. That, that, that last time around, you didn't, didn't, didn't make no. it? No. Oh, it was a good show. I'm sorry to hear that. This will be... Uh, no, it's fine. You can, you know, Jason's this will nice be 14 guy. or 15 for me, so uh, <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about it. Good, Jason. That's, uh, that's I'm fine. planning on it. Yeah. So, uh, like, I would understand if I lost out to your wife. Yeah, she wasn't too happy about this decision either. <laughs> well, there are some times where the, some things happen and the wives are not going to be happy. This is sort of a look, this is a this is a me and Jason thing. Not to not, yeah. to, not to pull rank, but I was Jason's first. Yeah. <laughs> I can, no, I can see that. Because yeah. it's like there, there are sometimes like you know they can't. I think it was two or three years ago it was the twentieth, twenty fifth anniversary of Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. They came out with like a big collector's box. Wow, all stuff in it I already had. Yeah, but it was a box. So it was like it was like velvet wrapped, like crushed velvet wrapped and etching and whatnot in yeah. a box. So I, you know, it was like 125 bucks, and I was like, "Oh, this is clearly happening." Yep. And you know, Julie was like, "Julie was like, but you already have all that stuff." I'm like, "Not in the box." But she's got a new hat. Because <laughs> Stacy's new so, hat. Yeah. So yeah, no, I get you. So yeah, that should be. Awesome. It's gonna be. Oh, I'm so stoked! I'm so excited. Um. Oh boy, I, I completely overlooked another awesome event that happened that I was par- par- privy to, and also Toronto related. We'll get we'll circle back to Metallica, yeah, because yeah. because we have to. Um, I'm sorry that I missed Friendsgiving because I was at NXT Takeover Toronto. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a great show, great wrestling dude. NXT puts on the best wrestling shows that there are. I'm not even kidding, dude. They, they it's the it's the perfect mix of high production value. And the pure wrestling focus that NXT has that WWE does not. Was Shinsuke there? Shinsuke was there. Okay. He competed. He lost his title to Samoa Joe. So the rivalry continues. They are mm-hmm. now one and one against each other. So, little sad. Little sad. But, in fairness, Joe is awesome. And Shinsuke will rise again. And if he doesn't rise again, it's okay, because that means he's probably on his way up to the main roster at some point. And that will be uh, amazing, because I'm very curious to see how a national American audience responds to such a man on national TV. Is that is that your hope for him, that he makes it to the main roster? Yes because and no. I, you've, you've said numerous times you're not as satisfied with the main WWE yeah. product as you are with the NXT product. Here's the thing. I want him to be successful. I want to see him on the biggest stage of them all. Like, you know, in my mind, I want to see him, like, win a title at WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the biggest accomplishment you can have in the business. And I think he deserves it. But week to week, yeah, the main product is, is, is eh, meh, uh, unfocused, and kind of 
they, they basically reduce everyone down to a one note caricature and him being Japanese. I worry that Vince McMahon will really mm. reduce him to something terrible. So NXT is run by Triple H who gets pure wrestling fans. He knows what they want and they want dynamic characters that put on put in good work. Yeah. Vince doesn't seem to care about the work as much. At least it seems that way. But anyway, mm. um, it was it was great, though. With the bros, we took the bro van up, uh, seven of us. Uh, we had a great time. So I'm sorry I missed Friendsgiving, but uh, Shinsuke beckoned. I had to, I had to, I had to hear, hear his call. I had, to, I had to be there. Mm. He needed the encouragement afterwards from okay. all of us. Right. So that, I think, covers everything that's been going on with me. How's your weeks? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little, little bit of my own emotional roller coaster. Not as in depth as yours, obviously this week for obvious reasons. But going back to uh, two weeks ago, Monday. Yeah, that's when the last undocumented week for us would have been. So Julie was traveling for work. And I was able to get uh, Monday and Tuesday off um, to watch after William because, you know, childcare was, we didn't quite know if we were going to have it right. those days. So that was, it was nice to be able to spend the time with, you know, just me and the boy and, you know, it was, it was fun and whatnot. Uh, Tuesday, however, Tuesday kind of starts like a, a 10 day emotional funk window for me because mm. Tuesday is November 15th, which is the anniversary of my father's passing. Ah. And that goes from Tuesday, November 15th to November 25th, which was his birthday. Aye. So yeah, every year I'm just kind of like, that's the time of year you hate. It's not, it's not that I hate it. I just kind of emotionally detach. I understand. And it's like, it's, it's six years and the wound is still fresh only because of the relationship sure. I have with my father. And it was harder this year having a son. Yeah, I could see um, that. Having his grandson who he will never get to meet in this life. Um, so that was that was difficult. Um, that's why like I, was, I looked forward to... Because for Thanksgiving, we go to Julie's mom's place. Mm-hmm. Um, my, mother, my mother comes with us. Her husband is off hunting. Um, so it's all like kind of her family and me and my mother and there, it's kind of their Thanksgiving. We're very, very grateful to be yeah. there and enjoy the time spent with family and not, but it's, it's, it's their Thanksgiving. My family's Thanksgiving is more or less for all purposes gone. Uh, you know, that doesn't happen. So that's what Friendsgiving has become to me. Yeah. You know, my mother comes over, she helps me cook the bird and whatnot and do all the preparations, cooking the stuffing in the bird, which is the proper way to do it. Yeah. And then we make, you know, a little side pan of dressing. Um, so yeah, we had Friendsgiving that Saturday. Uh, that was, and that was good. We, we had like a kind of a low number this year, which turned out to be okay. Cause yeah, sometimes people having kids. Sure. So there were there were three three new babies <laughs> there counting William. Uh, but it was a good time. And then uh been on mandatory overtime at work Oy. for like last week and this coming week. <laughs> which just sucks. Um 
Thanksgiving weekend was was good. Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, night, good time, much food, food coma. <laughs> uh, Black Friday did not go shopping. I never go shopping on Black Friday. Nor I. Even though my mother's like, you know, hey, come on, let's go out midnight shopping. Get out of like, here. No, no, uh-uh, no. Uh, it's not worth fighting someone over, you know, 30 yeah. buck savings or something. The only, the only thing that's worth trying for on Black Friday is televisions. Yeah. The markdowns are kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, it's just all, it's, Black Friday is just a big clearance sale. Yeah, it's essentially. All last year's yeah. models, which isn't. No, bad. it's fine. It's just, you know, but, uh, I, I'm not braving that storm. I um I've been giving uh comics to my niece, mm-hmm. Emma, and I've been giving her the current run of Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. And it's pretty good. I gave yeah, I gave her the like the like past couple issues at Thanksgiving. She's like, I haven't seen the movie yet. And I'm like We're gonna remedy that there you right go. now. Did you go? We went uh Friday morning. Excellent. So and she loved it. Great. Not only did she love it. I'm going to confess to the the fire for my own personal fire for uh, superhero films. Dwindling a little bit? A little, little bit. The fatigue is setting in? L- slightly, but... I feel you. Emma managed to reignite that completely because I get, not only did I get to see how excited, how much he enjoyed doctor strange but also how excited she was for wonder woman oh wow and just to see that like i know you're not a dc film fan but i think even you can appreciate the sight of a girl absolutely getting excited over a wonder woman film getting that response that there's finally something for me well out there that's why i hope they do it right yeah and that's why i'm concerned that they won't I don't want to see little girls' spirits broken like like we be right. have been broken. Well, listen, the genders are equal. I, I their spirits can be broken just as easily. Oh, as okay, oh, yeah. Let's all suffer. They together. can learn to live with it just <laughs> like we did. Fair um, enough, man. So yeah, I got sprinkling a couple game nights here and there. Cool. So, but yeah, that was that was pretty much my weeks. There we are. Uh, both of us kind of on emotional roller coaster, but we are back. Oh yeah. Ready to get back at it. So let's get in that Luke Cage. Remind everyone how to get back at it, Carl. <laughs> if you want to get back at it with us, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to contact us, let us know how your week's was. Um, any questions, comments, what have you, you can do so at the following sources. You can reach us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Devil's Do slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the devil's do pod at gmail.com. And also you can find us at our website, the devil's do podcast.com. That being said, let us get to the cross examination portion of the show. Now, prior, before we get into our questions, we have some listener comments. Okay. Now our last episode, uh, you, I'll, I'm not sure if it was the last episode or the episode before you had discussed you were going to Rochester to see the yes. orchestra for Life Oh, that Zelda. happened too. I don't think I got a chance to talk about that. No, I don't think you did. Uh, and now you never will. Oh. So, <laughs> no, just give us a quick. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as a Zelda fan, it was uh, super fun. Um, as a music fan, it's very interesting to see a different kind of music 
presented because yeah. you know I usually go to concerts where it's big and you know raucous and whatnot. Classical is very different, so uh, there's there's different uh, uh, decorum and there's different uh, rules and of engagement. So like the conductor tells the the chairs when to stand and, and recognize the applause that they're getting. It's very weird, yeah. but uh, it, it, it's it was fun. Um, Dude, I got to tell you, uh, it, it really is stirring with the way they put the music together and they, oh, have, to, yeah. they have the screen mm-hmm. with the visuals from the yeah. game. And when they really condense down the big moments of the game with the music, oh my God, dude, the feels, the feels, yeah. just, it hits hard. Like, I mean, you probably would have to play the games to really get it, oh, but yeah. uh, they did a great job of really uh, capturing moments and capturing uh, feels of entire games in, in really... Uh, Excellent pieces, really well performed. So it was great. I had yeah. a great, had a great time. My, my only disappointment. Uh, we are nearing. It's so close. Breath of the Wild coming out. I mean, within six months, hopefully. Uh, I was hoping they were going to sneak in a little sneak preview, but they didn't. But that's okay. It was great. It was still, uh, it was still very cool. Did um, was there any music from the Legend of Zelda Philips CDI games? No, no, there was not. <laughs> no, there was not. But the um. Link's Awakening got some love. That was pretty cool. The Game Boy game that I never finished, but the fact that it has a long, a big enough legacy that they included it in this big symphony was pretty cool. Cool. So there was discussion prior to that of dress code. Ah, for the events, it was a mixed bag. I went, I went with a tie and a shirt and whatnot. Jen got dressed up very, very pretty. Um, there was that. There were suits. There was full blown cosplay. There was T-shirts and Cheeto dust. It was it was a big mingling of of, of style. So our uh, our friend uh, Nate Lockhart. Ah yes, hello Nate. Sent in a comment. Drew, you got to dress up for the orchestra. It's one of the few events left where a three piece suit isn't out of place. I think you could convince me to dress down for the orchestra if the musicians themselves dress down. Fair enough. So that was Nate's uh, comment on the Zelda okay thing, and then. Um, thanks to you, I got some hate mail. Oh, no. Thanks to me? Wait, why is it my fault? Go on. Hang on. Let's see. The subject line is hate mail regarding Carl's spoiled childhood. Who sent this? This was Nate. Oh, well. okay. All right. Great. This is great. This is fantastic. His, his statement was, dude, I had to pretend a Triceratops toy was Godzilla. My parents <laughs> refused to buy me video games until I was nine. Dude. I I actually work with Nate, so I responded to him in person. I let him know that I actually had a giant inflatable Godzilla. Oh, you're, you're just point. digging that hole deeper, man. That was bigger than me. Oh, and I actually didn't play with that much. <laughs> you see this? I don't even care about it. <laughs> Take your Triceratops toy. Let's go. Go use your imagination. Poor. What? Listen, <laughs> I have apologized numerous times. For the fact that I was spoiled. Uh, I will not do it to my son. It did not benefit me at all in fantastic. life. Fantastic. Just, just wonderful. I like that this is a thing. But that being said, I will <laughs> embrace the role of the villain if I have to. Sometimes you got to go heal, man. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, uh, those... Okay. Those are our now, comments? Those are our comments. Okay. We are now to Game 2. Game 2. Sorry for the rain delay, but Rain delay back. postponed Game 2 of the Listener Questions World Series between Mr... Jay Gelsomino and Mr. Alan Waiters. I, I had to hear some some some, some yeah, grievances got, from, from Mr. Gelsomino, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Jay got Jay got a little ticked. But he, you know he, he was not happy about the Rochambeau situation. Well 
There are no ties in baseball, so there can't be ties in this. And there's no crying either, Jay. So oh, that that's right. That's right. There's no crying in baseball. Okay, who um who you want to go first? Let's give Jay the lead off. Jay gets the lead off. Question bring, for both of us. Bring it on. This is bo- the question for both you and me. Okay. If you could go back in time in the Die Hard movies and change one character's fate, not necessarily death, who would it be and why? All three? All three. Mm. Or, you know, I don't know if you saw four and five. I stop at three. Thank you. Uh, I did see four. Four wasn't horrible. It wasn't good either. (laughs) Uh, I didn't see five because who cares? Um, One character's fate. Let's see. Um, I got to say Hans, man. Great villain. Yeah. Probably a quintessential villain. I mean, my God, man. He, he's talk about like cinematic gold. Hans was great. And uh, as iconic as it is to see him fall out the window with properly proportioned arms. Jay, wink, wink. Um, I feel like if they would have captured him somehow. He would have made a great foil in a sequel or something. I'm thinking like comic books, man. You got to serialize no, it somehow. I know, I know. But uh, see, I don't know. Because I think if he lives and he comes back again, it lessens his impact as a villain. Depends. I mean, think of, look at it this way. They had to pull out the contrivance card of having his brother in, in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hey, Jeremy Irons was friggin' awesome. No disrespect to Jeremy Irons. He was great. Hook, but you know... Lines and Sinka. You realize, though, they only did that because Hans was dead and they wanted to rekindle the, uh, you know, the flame a little bit. So they had to pull the brother card. Fine. It's fine. It worked. But Hans, booby, <laughs> it would have been great. That's my real answer. If you're asking for something funny, like a background character that really didn't matter, Mr. Takagi kind of got a raw deal, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Poor guy. Family man. You actually alluded to where I was going to go. I was going to, you know, save Ellis. No, screw Ellis. No, what man, a jerk. You, you save Ellis and he, he, keeps, <laughs> he keeps showing up. And uh, it's like, it gets to be like... He's like uh, Snarf. No, not Snarf, but kind of like Worf in the Next Generation films after he was clearly not on the Next Generation show anymore, and he just like shows up and they stop explaining why he's showing up on the Enterprise. <laughs> so you just have Ellis just kind of like, show, Ellis, what are you doing in New York City? Hey, hey you know. I, I feel like Ellis got what he deserved, but, you know, fair enough. All right. So, question for you. Yes. If you were erroneously sent to jail on false charges mm. and sent to Oz. Oh, boy. The name of the street for the Oswald State Penitentiary. Who would you try to buddy up with? Vern Schillinger? You said it right. Holy crap. Good job. Well, I can read. Well, uh, it's a point of contention Keller? on the show. Christopher Keller? Mm. Simon Adebisi? Or Ryan O'Reilly? I got to say O'Reilly. Because yeah. he's, uh, throughout the whole show, somehow he avoided any real major repercussions or... or he, Guy's a scrappy survivor. Yeah. Good guy to be allies with, I think. He always seemed to, to come out clean and stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember how his story ended in the show to be honest with you uh it's kind of it's been a while been a while but 
yeah, he was he was scrappy. Adebisi, I think, died. Schillinger, I think, died. Um, not to mention the sodomy and whatnot. Keller, too. O'Reilly didn't get into all that. He was just he played all the angles. I would, I'd be I'd be friends with him. He knew oh. how to he knew how to get by without the sodomy. Okay. <laughs> now my question. Okay, Carl. Yes. If you could be a cast member on one old Nickelodeon TV show, this is this is pertinent, by the way. I, I'll remind you after this question. Okay. Uh, which would it be? Keep in mind, you are in the world as you are, not acting on the show. Fat. Would you rather be on, as you are, Hey Dude, Doug, Ah Real Monsters, or Salute Your Shorts? Hmm. Now I have the Hey Dude song in my head. Hey Dude. Yeah. I would probably say, hey, dude. Okay. Now, granted, I don't generally get along with nature. Um, I'm terrified of snakes. And there's a lot of snakes in Texas. That's why I live in Buffalo. Um, but... But you could ride a horse. Yeah, and I would have to... Not so much because of any, like, fandom or anything. I would have to walk around wearing a New York Mets baseball cap you like like billy crystal i would totally city slickers it up i'd all be right. making city right. slicker jokes all the time i would kind of cross pollinate i would wear a new york mets hat just like talk like jack pounds the whole time <laughs> okay i like it but uh, not jack pounds from city slickers jack pounds from batman wow you're you're cross pollination here man drew Maybe we can cut a deal. Oh, look at you. It's true. Uh, you. I'm a number one. I'm slightly uncomfortable right now with those eyes you just gave me. <laughs> Even though that wasn't Jack Pounds, that was Jack Nicholson, but still, it's, it's great. Ah, wow. Um, okay. Sorry. Good call. Um, real quick before we forget. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Jay, for the questions. Uh, I encourage everyone to go to the AV Club um, website and read their... Um, Oral history of Double Dare. Wow, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh, then man. I would be. I actually would be kind of curious to read that. Great read. Considering the show about making a mess and getting sloppy, hosted by a man with extreme right? OCD. Yep. I know. Amazing, right? Yeah. But uh, what a read! Wow, man. Took brought back some memories, and like it, it was it was very cool to see how they put, pulled that show off. It was yeah. great. Okay. Oh, there's a link to a YouTube, a YouTube video where a kid almost died <laughs> on wow. the show. Okay. Well, well we might, might have to, uh, to link that on, on our page. It's I hope pretty they great. at least gave him the Casio keyboard for that. I hope so. Just hit that demo button. That's right. Make it like you're playing. Okay. So Alan. Alan is up to the plate. Bring the thunder, Alan. Here is his question for both of us. We just learned that Marvel and Fox pulled off a trade of Ego, the living planet, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That's such a weird. That's so weird. I know. In order for Marvel to use Ego in the new Guardians film, with the new Inhuman series, Inhuman series announced, which we'll get to in news, can we expect a similar trade for the Fantastic Four? Nope. Yeah. I'm nope. Say, Kevin yeah. Feige just came out and said, "Nope." Yeah. Ain't happening. Yeah, that was kind of like a just a 
weird one-off thing. And a side note on that, it by the so way. It was so weird because like, they traded for, from what I understand, they traded for the character of Ego, but not necessarily for the character of Negasonic Teenage Warhead, but for her power set. Cause they were I was like going to say, it's weird because it Negasonic bit. Teenage Warhead is an X-Man character. Yeah. X-Men character. Yeah, created um, by your... Favorite Grand Morrison, man. Morrison. Even I didn't remember her, by the way, just so you know. That's... Um, yeah, weird. But no, I, I wouldn't expect it to happen. That relationship is still very, very frosty. Shitty. Yeah. Ice to see you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you want... Okay, really quick aside before we get to our questions. So I watched through... I mentioned episodes back. I watched through Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. Um, watching through Deep Space Nine again. Yes. My all-time favorite Star Trek show. Okay. And there was an episode in season two with the actor who played Mr. Freeze in the animated series ah. playing a Klingon. And it was so hard to watch that episode because I'm seeing a Klingon. Yeah. But because he spoke in very same kind of cadence. <laughs> I would cry if I had tears left to shed. It, it was weird, but awesome. Yeah. So. It's like uh, I, I, some garbage TV show that, that Jen watches. Sorry, but network TV is terrible. Uh, it's like one of those NCIS Tampa Bay shows or something like that. I don't even know. Uh, Aisha Tyler is on it now. Yeah. And she plays, as you know, Lana in, in Archer. And Lana! Every, exactly. Every time I watch, I saw him like, oh, it's Aisha Tyler. And every time she spoke, I'm just like, I just hear her going like, you know, nope. <laughs> nope. So, yep. Alan's question for you. Drew. Bring it. <clears throat> with the success and short supply of the mm. mini NES Classic. Yes. If Nintendo were to do a mini SNES, Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. what are your top 10 must-have games? Top 10. Oh, boy. Um, I'm not prepared, so this is going to be tough. Okay. Uh, Super Metroid, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Mario World. Uh, um, 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 oh, so this is so bad. Those are the top three easily. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some deeper cuts here, shall we? Uh, Final Fantasy three or six is how you, however you yeah, want to yeah. call it that. Um, Secret of Mana, um, um, Chrono Trigger, arguably. Uh, oh boy, oh boy, I'm I'm fading. Mortal Kombat two, absolutely. Uh, Street Fighter, any one of them, but probably let's, let's, let's go for the Big Mama Jamma Super Street Fighter Two. I would have said Turbo. Turbo, yeah. Wow, more than Super. Yeah. Okay, so I'm up to eight there. Um, I feel like we got to get some love to. Uh... Hmm, this is so hard, man. There's so many great games. Well, you just like rattled off eight. In I know. Less than a minute. Yeah, I don't want to waste too much time. Um. Top of my head, purely sentimental picks, SimCity, and... uh, Did you say Mario Kart? I did not. The original? See, this work gets dicey. That 10th spot is juicy. We got Mario... Look look at it this way. We've got Mario Kart. We've got Donkey Kong Country in the offing here. We've got Killer Instinct. Instinct. We've got um, Final Fight. Don't discount Final Fight. That was a great beat-em-up. That was one of the preempt preeminent beat-em-ups. But I would argue not the best beat-em-up on the Super Nintendo. Wow, okay. That would go to Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. Ah, see, you got, see, you got your choice here. But for sheer legacy, um, yeah, we'll say Mario Kart. 
There okay. you go. Bam. Ten games. Must have. I think I think Mario Kart is on there not so much because of the racing aspect, but because of the battle aspect. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was the bet. They, I don't think they've ever done the battle better. Than oh, sixty four was better. Original sixty four was better. They never topped it, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So my question from all right, Carl, you have played Marvel versus Capcom on PlayStation. Not very well, but yes. Okay. Which character did you prefer, Darkheart or Shumagorath? Also. Did you use the cheap combo with Shumagorath that is unblockable? I didn't use either one of those characters. Okay. Um, the Versus series, I love watching high-level uh, Marvel versus Capcom play is an incredible thing to behold, but it requires a brain functionality that mine, mine is just not capable of. Okay. Um, so, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't play either one of those characters, so... Of the two, I probably would have played Darkheart. It's just Shumagorath was just not appealing to me all right. at all. Bam. All right. So those are the questions. Those are the questions. Um, I got to give it to Jay this week. Because Ellis just keeps popping up in my head. He does that. Uh, yeah. Likewise. Jay, this week, without controversy, I think you have won game two. The series is tied at one apiece. One apiece. All Look right. forward to game three. Pins and needles. Next week, Can't must wait. win. <laughs> it's always a must win. It's always a must win. This is the World Series. So. It is the World Series. All right, so Boom. that closes our cross-examination, but now we have to open up case files for some news. Okay. This is uh, two weeks' worth of news, but kind of mostly two weeks ago's news because not a lot of news was released the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's um, kind of a, you know. Yeah. So our first item of news which makes you and i very happy oh is that a why the last man series has been greenlit at Ah. fx now yes this is not my first channel of choice for this series but it's certainly not far down the list i'll tell you what it's it's not my first choice but it's not my last either my Um, first choice is hbo yes absolutely hbo or showtime um any any channel where you can really just let it all hang out no no pun intended um that would be uh my first choice amc would be like the easy number yeah. runner up um fx though is respectable yeah they um, do good stuff they do good work uh i think brian k vaughn is directly involved with the series i think yes. he's executive producing because the rights so, reverted back to him yes so i have some faith that ago. he will um he will steer the ship in the right direction he does have television television experience as well yeah so i think he will treat this well and um I hope it works out, man. I hope they do it justice. Um, what a great series! Yeah, if one you of the have few. Not read Why the Last Man, and again, that's the letter Y semicolon the, the last, last man. man. Yeah. By all means, go out. I think it was just recently reissued. Yeah. Um, bigger volumes, so it's not going to take up. Ironically, because the original series is about ten trades long. That's correct. Six issues per trade. But I think the newest edition is two... Roughly two trades per two, collection? Maybe two to two and a half trades okay. per per binding. Um, I would say definitely, definitely read Why the Last Man. Um, and especially, and you'd be surprised, a lot of people that are currently enjoying the hell out of Saga have not read Why the Last yeah. Man. So if let me tell I'm just going to put this out there, man. If you like Brian K. Vaughn's work on Saga, please... 
read you, Why you the Last Man. Brian K. Vaughn is great. I, I would I would read a phone book written by him. He's great. Yeah. He is a great writer. Why the Last Man is fantastic. One of the three comic books that has made me ball up and cry like a baby. Yeah. And uh, in quick, the ending. Just for those who don't know, very quick bullet point story synopsis. Uh, Why the Last Man is about um, Yorick, the last man on Earth, literally. Uh, a, a strange virus infects the population of Earth, and all men die. All mammals. All, uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, all, male, all mammals with the Y chromosome yeah. died exactly the Except same time. Except for Yorick and his pet monkey, Ampersand. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the, basically, as you might imagine, in such a world, uh, politics and factions form, and the hunt for Yorick and why he survived. Yes. Some people want to kill him outright. Some people want to save him so they can repopulate the Earth. Uh, great characters, great adventures, really well written, and again, uh, the ending will just... Uh, never mind. Yeah. Can't... Too emotional this week. Yep. Can't be thinking about why the last man. Okay. So, moving on to our next news bit that will make Drew very happy. <laughs> I see what you did there. Go on. Uh, Chris Maloney of, I'm not sure which cop show he was. He was uh, on uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, okay. but he was also Chris Keller on Oz. Yes. And, and he also had a throwaway character in Man of Steel, and who cares? Yep, and he uh, was also in, uh, what was it, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Sure. Yeah. He was it's, also it's on um, that vampire show on HBO that I didn't watch, yeah, but I know he was uh, on it. He's, he's, he's good. We like him. He's, he's been he around. He has been cast. Oh, he was also in uh, Sin City 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. He has been cast in sci-fi's adaptation of the Grant Morrison graphic novel, Happy. Okay. Number one, out of all the Grant Morrison stuff that I thought would ever get adapted into some kind of other medium, I would never have expected it to be Happy. I would have put Happy close to the top of the list. Really? Yeah. Because okay. it's, it's probably, it, despite its bizarre nature, it's still probably the easiest Morrison. Yeah. Original Morrison, not like any of his work and already created. No, stuff. you're right. It, yeah. It's probably the easiest original Morrison creation to adapt. Yes. It's, yeah, it's not as quite as heady as his, some of his other stuff. Yeah. So fair enough. Um I am happy about <laughs> see? happy about this. Uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to do it on sci-fi, though, because if you don't, yeah. if you've never read Happy, synopsis quickly: a hard-boiled ex-cop who falls into a life of more crime. Kinda, he's kind of yeah. he's, he's a bad dude. He's not. I wouldn't go. He's a bad guy, but he's not a villain. Okay, fair enough. Um, no, he's like he's like a lighter version of Marv from Sin City. Okay, that that we'll take that. Well, he starts to see a bubbly bright cartoon horse pegasus donkey donkey that talks to him and makes yes. him do good deeds or ta- tells him to do good deeds a- and it's it's a mashup of like really savage hard-boiled pulp and this cartoon horse that's all happy happy see yep. a- and it's just really weird but um the reason why I'm a little puzzled by sci-fi, I'm, I mean, I'm happy that they're doing it. Haha, <laughs> happy. But uh, the language and stuff. This was this yeah. was kind of Grant Morrison's like deconstruction or play on like finger quotes adult comics with a lot of profanity, yeah, a la Garth Ennis and stuff like that. Which I love Garth Ennis, but this was Gar- this was Grant Morrison's way of kind of like 
playing with that yeah. that stuff. It's it's funny because when you think of sci-fi, you think sci-fi should be one of those channels that if they announce something like this, you should be excited about. Yes. But you're really not because they don't have a great history. Sci-fi's track like record's this. not good. Um, yeah. they, they, had, they had Battlestar Galactica, but that ended poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Happy, I'm, I'm happy about happy, but we'll, we'll see. But then Chris Maloney, though, I mean, they got... They got talent in there. Yeah, he's a name. He's a so name. So that's something. Seriously, I mean, that's yeah. That's, that's not just like B movie central casting guy. That's exactly. that, That's an actor. Yeah. So our next uh, news item: uh, Marvel announced Inhumans, not a movie. <laughs> no, they they canned the movie. But we are getting an Inhumans television series. Great. Yeah. Yay. I'm just. I, I like, I'm sure their three dozen fans are thrilled. Yeah, I like what they're doing on. I like what they did on Agents of Shield. It's clear why they're giving the Inhumans such a big push because they need that um, outcast class. They have that. It's called the X in the Marvel Universe, but they don't have it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Does it make sense in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I know, I get it, but. Yeah, they're just like it okay, barely makes can't. sense in the Marvel comic book universe. Yeah, why are these guys shunned, but these guys aren't? Yeah. Their, their logic is we can't use X-Men, so we're going to use Inhumans. And, and they, you'll like they it. They haven't introduced any of the main Inhuman characters, which I'm assuming they're going to do. Like, we'll see Black Bolt, Medusa, Lockjaw, and whatnot on this show. I guess. And I guess technically we're getting an Inhumans movie because the first two no. episodes are going to no. debut in IMAX, edited together. That's so. a TV show on a big screen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch it. I'm not like super psyched about it. No, don't. And it's I, not because I think it'll be bad. It's just because I don't like Inhumans. Don't really do anything for me. Doesn't matter to me in the slightest. Um, even in the comics, it seems like Marvel's uh, pumping the brakes a little bit on the Inhumans. Yeah. So a uh, quick mention here: friend of the show, Mr. Alec Frazier, uh, has a book out dealing with the concept of autism in the superhero community. Uh, the book is called, I believe, Without Fear. That's correct. And Alec uh, recently garnered, because of this book, recently garnered an invitation to the White House. So we would like to say congratulations to Alec. Yeah. And we hope you have a great trip, and we're definitely going to get you on the show one day. For those who don't uh, know, his book is actually centered on Tim Urich, uh, Ben Urich's son in the comics, who is autistic. And in the uh, Bendis, uh, Maliv, I think Maliv drew it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, actually. No. Um, but in the Bendis uh, Daredevil The End story, Marvel does these periodic stories called The End for yeah. certain characters where they talk about their final days and their last story. In that story, um, it's revealed that Tim Urick is now Daredevil. He's, he's picked up the mantle for a deceased Matt Murdock. Yeah. So there you go. So Alec uh, took, took, took that and made a book out of it and getting some recognition. So good job, man. Awesome. All right. Two more. Two more. Two more quick. Bring it. Quick quickies. Uh, rumored that the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer will debut with Star Wars Rogue One. Okay. Now... Bring it on, man. Drew, what's my all-time favorite movie? Uh, uh, Thelma and Louise? No. Oh, no. sorry. Uh, don't tell her it's me? No. Oh. Uh, you're, you're close with Don't Tell. Oh. Uh, it's clearly Don't Tell Mom the Babies Her is Dead. Oh! <laughs> didn't know that no now no. i know yeah and knowing's half the battle dishes are done man, man. <laughs> park it yourself metallica breath <laughs> yes 
So, no, my all-time favorite movie is the original Star Wars. My favorite superhero all-time is Spider-Man. Wow, this is like getting... The fact that I live in a world where I could very easily see a preview for a Spider-Man movie before I see a Star Wars movie, uh, it gives me the warm feels. This is like when you... When you when you put money in a vending machine and you get two bags of chips, yes, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah, all right, much much better. So yeah, we'll be excited to say, and that makes sense. Both Disney properties, absolutely. Whatnot, so well, half a Disney property. Yeah, Spidey is in limbo. Yeah. So our last bit of news, I wouldn't even go so far as saying news is just rumorish. Uh, this week's this week images have surfaced. Ominous images of a number four. Oh. And then on the bottom showing a 2017 PS4. Oh, I haven't seen. I, I thought you were alluding to something else. Go on. Capcom. Oh. Marvel. Oh. Which many people believe that they're going to announce at PSX that Marvel versus Capcom 4 is happening. Oh. Which has been long long requested well by the fighting game community now that's exciting here's the thing okay very real chance let me see this here that this image is a fake because why based on what capcom has been vehemently denying that there is no marvel uh, versus game in production now could it's, they just be trying to keep it a secret? Uh, you know what? They go about keeping their secrets in a slightly different way. As they'll be like, no, we're not doing it. Wink, wink. Oh. This time they're like, no, we're we're not doing it. Uh, licensing for this thing. I would imagine it's in the years so since. Yeah, this isn't the. Convoluted. This isn't the 90s anymore. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's going to be a bigger get. Yeah. Not much less their different properties. And I don't, I don't not, even know how that and you're works. You're not just licensing Marvel. You have to license each individual character. Uh-huh. Like, they don't even print new versions of the Marvel games. Probably because the can't deals buy are them. insane. You can't buy them in the stores unless it's used, and yeah. you can't buy them in the digital stores yeah. because the licensing expired for previous contracts. So, what are my thoughts on. The percentage of this being true, I think it's probably about there's about twenty five thirty percent chance it could be true. Okay, if, if if the licensing deals are that crazy, I, I don't know, yeah. man. Doesn't sound doesn't sound possible, but yeah. I mean, granted, remember Disney shuttered their video game division. It's true. They closed it out, and yeah. they just said we're outsourcing all our stuff to other people to do so there's that so it's possible that they could go back and say hey let's let's do another one of these but we'll see we'll find out i believe uh next weekend all right so yeah we'll have some news on that all right that's all news as they say that is fit to print that being said drew let's rustle them papers marvel yeah yeah so much rustling papers as you are just kind of like slamming them up against your mark but it, it works See? that's rustling. i don't want to i don't want to crease the paper i have to read it still what are you gonna do put it in a board and bag when you're done with it Ma- maybe it for, how do you know I, how do you know i don't have show archives man 
we're getting that fat those fat podcast checks. This is Casper.com. We, we could eBay this stuff. <laughs> All right, let's break down episode of Luke Cage. We are at episode five. Mm-hmm. Just to get a wrap. Now, a um, couple things about this episode, really quick. We get a little Daredevil call back in this episode. Yes. So our, our, our titular character character uh, is back, kind of, briefly. I think, yeah, well, folks, we're within, I think, either next week or the week after, we're going to get some more Daredevil yeah. into the show. Some sweet, uh, sweet just, Hell's Kitchen action. Just didn't work out this week. We're going to do some uh, some retroactive reviews of some old Daredevil comics. Yes. Quintessential stories. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to start out with Man Without Fear, which is mostly the inspiration for season one of daredevil more or less yeah yeah, yeah. so that'll be fun to go over. it's frank miller before he lost his mind yes <laughs> um but yeah think, so we get frank miller makes out uh, 2016 uh, amazingly yes because <laughs> we just lost you know mrs brady fidel castro and dude from firefly yeah all in the span of 48 hours somehow 2016 frank- is not going down without a fight 2016 has really been 2016 is the Rough. year that reality just lost its mind. Yeah, I'm ready to turn yeah. the page on the on the, ca- on the so ca- on the calendar. So much alcohol is going to be drank on New Year's Eve. I'm already People drinking. I'm drinking now. To die. <laughs> what? <the young? laughs> anyway, all right. That's oh yeah. So so we get a little Daredevil back, and then uh, no, I'm not sure if the previous episode did or not, but we got no cold open here. It's just bam credits. Yeah, uh, this actually might be my favorite episode of the season. Really, might be. Yeah, I would. You know what? Now that I think about it, I would agree. Uh, a lot of things converge here in this yeah. episode in a good way. Um, almost not not for nothing, but in a way that almost sets the season up for disappointment. I can see that only because the season runs into some pacing issues. It does. And some, I think and up some, to this point, it's been very well paced. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna hit uh, a speed bump here and there. Yep, and uh, not not to spoil anything, but I think. Uh, this episode pointed to certain confrontations that end abruptly soon. Yeah. And then we have a left field kind of, I don't want to say left field, but an anticlimactic turn of events. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get so there. opening credits uh, and we get the big opening hail to the chief Long song live the chief. or whatever it is. Long live the chief uh, rap intro. Not on the soundtrack. Really? Yeah, it's not on the soundtrack. It's, I mean, I'm not for nothing. Outside of the licensed music, probably the most recognizable song that that I can remember from this show, just because he says the line enough where it's just like it sticks in your head. Yeah, I don't even like the song, but it sticks in your head. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised that that wasn't on there. There's a couple songs that were performed in in Harlem's Paradise that are not on the soundtrack. That's weird. That's an odd yeah. choice. So we got the Long Live Chief. It's not Harlem's Paradise is empty. I guess this is an audition for yeah. Conmouth. Yeah, uh, Conmouth is clearly enjoying it. But then we we got a quick cutaway to Luke at the uh, the remains of Genghis Khan's in his apartment. Yep. And Luke is not about hiding his powers anymore. Nope, he's out he, in the open. He's just straight up lifting up massive chunks of rubble that would not be able to lift up by a normal person. People are there watching him, just like cell phone videos and whatnot. And I think I saw Misty there too. Misty shows up, and Luke is looking for something, and then we find out it's the swear jar. That's correct. Wanted, wanted to get the swear jar. Um, also intercut into this montage yes. is... Claire. Claire. Claire comes north Yay, to Harlem. Claire. Hey, 
I'm always happy to see Claire. And we've seen that Claire has grown a bit. A little bit. And that someone tries to mug her. She ain't taking that. She's not having that at all. No. She beats that poor boy down. She got some uh, some ninja training from a certain uh, attorney at law. Yeah. Possibly. Guess so. Now. So, yeah, yeah. Then we're at uh, Harlem's Paradise. Cottonmouth has called a meeting. He's called a meeting with his with his his staff. This this ain't a social, y'all. No. This the state of union. That's correct. And well, the state ain't good. No. Uh bad news, Cottonmouth. You are broke. Broke. The the Fort Knox uh uh Crispus Attic's raid by Luke Cage has rendered you broke. Yep. Which you broke ass. <laughs> he's he's got the club, he's got like roughly you know, a couple hundred thousand in cash. Yeah. But, but he lost seven million. Seven million is a lot of money to lose. Now, here's... Okay, I have a slight problem. Not a problem, but a nitpick with the, with this scene. Okay. One of his associates remarks that he has been reading this book. Yeah, Coco. Yeah. He raises his hand. This ain't PS, you know... <laughs> Coco, you don't raise your hand. Coco's been reading a book. He's trying to better himself. Yes, and I applaud him for that. Uh, so he tries to get into talking about the social conditions that have made Harlem the way it is. Yeah, and basically says we should leave Luke Cage be. Yeah, let Luke Cage have what he's doing. We'll just do what we're doing. And that's and- it. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But I feel like this this the show like this is this is kind of just me nitpicking the show. This is like the the show's way of dropping history facts on you to make it yeah. seem smart. I don't, don't want to say the, seem smarter. Yeah, most but it, of the time, the show does that really well. Yeah. This is this a little hand-fisted. This is one of the few times where it seems forced. Right. Like, I like, you know, Luke talking to Pop about, you know, authors and, yeah. and, and, and poetry and, and, and stuff. And later on in this episode, when Luke confronts Zip. Yes. Ex- yeah. But... Uh, here it's kind of like, dude, th- this is not the place for this. Like, yeah. it just seems out of place, and it's okay because Cottonmouth shoots him in the, in the head without without hesitation. No, boom, boom, and he laughs about it. Cottonmouth's kind of he's 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 crazy. Yeah, little 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 bit, and Cottonmouth decides to uh, steal a page from the Alan Rickman Sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> uh, to try to get the people to turn on Luke. So yeah. he sends everyone out to press them for more. Uh, protection money, what yep. have you, all that stuff. And he's like, tell them if they got a problem with it to go see Luke Cage. That's right. Uh, Praise brought to us before winter. <laughs> he said Robin Hood. So, yeah. Cancel Christmas. Um, now, in the in Shades is here now, by the yes. way. And he knows this is kind of a, a last-ditch effort yeah, for, for Cottonmouth. Smells of desperation. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you're not going to recover $7 million by pushing people for protection money yeah it's not gonna happen um shades is kind of moving in for for his his employer diamondback who, yeah. who is now going to be referred to more as he's only been casually referred to before now you're going to start hearing that name more yep um so cottonmouth orders a massive shakedown in harlem and we see some of that shakedown yeah we get a montage uh the zip and his his crew are out there uh, taking motorbikes, taking money, taking jewelry, taking anything they can get their hands on, and every time telling the person, you know, if you got a problem with this, talk to Luke Cage, and it culminates at a what appears to be a sports memorabilia shop. That's correct. Um, where they go in, and we meet a character by the name of Aisha, yep. who 
says, you know, we don't have the money and they are not interested so much in money. They take Aisha's father's championship baseball ring. Correct. You got a problem with this? Talk to Luke Cage. Talk to Luke Cage. So, Luke returns to Pop's Barbershop. Yes. And uh, Bobby, Bobby Fish is there. Yep. And Dapper Dan is there. We meet Dapper Dan. I think it's safe to say that I would be a Dapper Dan man too. All right, but well, look at look at look at what he look look at what he's wearing. Number yes. one, number two, look what he puts you. He makes you look yes. like a million bucks. Have you? Did you ever see the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. Oh, it's, it was a great uh, George Clooney. You should watch it. It's really good. Uh, George Clooney's character always is worried about getting his pomade, his his hair treatment. Mm-hmm. And he goes to a convenience store because he's a Dapper Dan man. The, the brand name is Dapper Dan. Okay. The guy's just like, we ain't got no Dapper Dan. We got Fop. He's like, I don't want Fop, damn it. I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> just check out the movie. It's really good. Uh, Dapper Dan takes good care of Luke. Yeah, he does. That's a suit. Uh, a well-tailored suit just looks right. Sure. Like it, it's, I like, couldn't look like that though. Even if I had a well tailored suit. N- well, see, that's the thing though. If it's well tailored, if it's if it's made to fit you. Yeah, but my shape isn't Luke's shape. <laughs> that, well, okay, this is true. I'm just saying. I, I would. I'd like to be Luke's shape. You're always going to look better and well tailored than you are if you buy off the rack. Fair that's enough. Just yeah. Um, and I also like that his shirt has very subtle yellow stripes. Not sure if you picked up yes. on that or not. Yes. Did see that, and his hoodie has the yellow inside the hood too. I like that yep. they're keeping the little little yeah, links yeah. to his old costume. Yeah. That's cool. So Luke gets set up with the suit, and then we know that Pop's services, funeral service is coming up. Yeah, have you ever heard of seating arrangements at a funeral service? Yes, sort of. Um, really? Well, I've been to numerous funerals. The family years. usually gets the, the front rows. Well, they're yeah, reserved, I, but they're um, talking about like Bobby seating. Fish is organizing it like a chess game. Yeah, like a like a wedding seating arrangement almost. Well, here's the thing: Bobby knows they got to seat this right <laughs> because if certain people are near each other, it could get inflammatory. Yep. So to that end, I'm, I'm gonna let him ha- I'm gonna let him have it here because it makes sense. All right. We want to keep things classy for Pop. We can't have so-and-so going off over this and that. We don't need no wars at the... No. So Aisha shows up. She is pissed. Yeah. Yeah. She she drops the 411 on Luke about Zip taking the ring. Yeah. She wants it back. That's all she has of her father. Well, yeah. her father, he's still around, but he's kind of a shell of himself. Yeah. And that, that's a reminder of when he and was a, a real Fish man. And Bobby Fish is like, yeah, we, you know, we, your father was always a good man, even... Even now, even though he's kind of lost his ways a little yeah. bit, he's still, there's still that man in him. Um, so Luke Luke get, gets on it and then well, walks out yeah. the door. And it's not just Aisha. It's no, pissed. other people. There, there's a line. Um, yeah, there is a line of people. And Luke, Luke very ca- casually, though, is like, I'm on it. All right. Yeah. He's not even taking it back. He's just like, all right, I got this. Let me let me go yeah. to work. One dude, lo- one waitress lost her tips. Wait, waitress, money. you're so generous. She's not a waitress, Carl. Well, she might have served drinks. I mean, yeah, I know there's a buffet there, but let's be honest here. Would you eat there? Another uh, another <laughs> dude lost his Les Paul. Uh, I have a which, comment about that you later. Can sympathize with? I'm I sure. can. I have one as well. I I would be. I would miss it. Although it's not my primary axe, I would miss it. Every guitarist okay. should have at least one. So yeah. Now, meanwhile, uh, Claire goes to see her mom. Yeah, at a restaurant. And her mom owns a restaurant. Yeah. 
Um, cut away to uh, Luke going to work. Yeah, Luke's gone collecting. He is going to collect. He kicks in a dude's door, and he says, and I have to laugh. This is great. Where's Les Paul? <laughs> Les, Les Paul what was, a, was a very famous guitar player in the 1950s. Yes. Who invented the what is considered the first American solid body electric guitar, who was then given a contract with Gibson Guitar Company, where they put his name on the Gibson Les Paul guitar, which to this day is an iconic guitar and still named after him. But I just like that. And, and, and it, this, this gentleman did steal the man's Les Paul guitar, and it's in the frame. Yeah. I just like that Luke doesn't know that. And he's like, <laughs> where's Les Paul? <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. Did was the did the guitar appear to be a proper Les Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a Les Paul. Because I know you got an eye for these things, just making sure they're uh, they're being true. Yep, they got that right. That was good. And then and then the the the, the, the waitress slash stripper, uh, she she's like, you know, th- those are the guys that yeah. that took my my tips. Luke goes over and she's like, don't you have a gun or something? I am the gun. I am the gun. Just just. Backhands the one guy. Oh yeah, knocks no, him out with with the, the greatest of ease. Yeah, and then tells, <laughs> kind of flips the script. I like this on thugs. Says when you wake up, remember who did this to you. Yeah, and then the the waitress is like, "It's Luke Cage." Yeah, and he's like, "When I wake up, Bonk. you out. You are out. Night night. Yep." But uh, on his hunt here, we, we see one of the gentlemen that accosted Luke at Genghis Khanis. Yes. But he's been shot. He's been shot. Aisha is not waiting around. No. She wants to get that ring back. We find out. The police don't know this, but we find out that Aisha shot the dude in the arm. Yeah. And he's all like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm going back to like Carolina or whatever. I'm out of here. Y'all crazy. crazy. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Misty and Scarf question Luke. Yeah, well, they don't so much question him as they do say, you got to get out of here. You're trouble. Yeah. Get out of town, dude. Which brings us back to Harlem Paradise. Uh, Shade tells Conmouth to sell his club. Three million. Conmouth In Manhattan real estate. Weak. Yep. Yeah. Tell you, man, you can make a serious bank, but he's got too much pride. Yeah. What about pride, Drew? I can't say it on this family-friendly program. But but to but without without the direct quote, I will tell you the follow up quote: "Pride only hurts; it never, never helps. helps." Yeah. So and Cottonmouth doesn't want to let go. Yeah, he, he feels like the club is his legacy. It's important to him that he has it. It 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 means something. He can't yeah. just sell it and walk away. And then Luke shows up at the club, and what I feel is a very important uh, declaration of intent. <laughs> Would you say it's a statement of intent? A little bit. Wonder who wrote that song. A little bit. Anyway. It was uh, Dave Cassidy, wasn't it? Uh, by way of The Long Cold Dark. Yes, that's correct. Okay. He had a guest appearance. You <laughs> can see it on YouTube. <laughs> Did you guys do a cover of I Think I Love You? Uh, no. No, unfortunately we didn't. We couldn't get the rights. All right. We could afford Cassidy. We couldn't afford the song. <laughs> <laughs> One generates considerably more money than... Yep, ever. exactly. Um. And as Luke uh, gets shot a few times yeah, here. Yeah, thugs never learn. No. Stop they, shooting they don't him. don't learn. And they, not only do they shoot him, they shoot, they shoot in holes in a Dapper Dan shirt. Yeah. Well, at least he took the coat off. He did, yeah. 
which comes into play later. Yes. Um, But in the course of Luke taking these dudes apart after being shot, uh, Shades finally recognizes Luke. Yeah. They played with this before, and we saw it in the flashback episode. Yeah. Yeah, Shades remembers who this guy is now. Yep. So, cut to... Well, Luke basically exits the club saying... Keep my name out your mouth. Keep my name out your mouth. Luke pretty much tells... Thing is, though, I gotta say... Cottonmouth says, or else what? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Luke doesn't have an answer. And I love Luke. He's He is a well-meaning guy. Yeah. But I don't think he has a plan a lot of the time. <laughs> well, he's new at this. He is new at this. He's acting out of, you know, a good place, but I don't think he has a full realization yeah. of what his actions are gonna mean. Plan. And that's gonna come into play again later with Misty telling him, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Now we cut back to the diner. Yes. And here's our Daredevil recap. Yeah, we find here a Claire that is coming to grips with living in a Marvel world. Mm-hmm. She's a... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. She's realizes, you know, she's having a discussion with her mother about faith and fate and things like that. And she realizes there's a new middle between here and there. And that's what she's seeing. Right. She sees Matt as Daredevil and what he can do. She had the brief experience with Luke and Jessica Jones um, taking shotgun blasts to the right, to right, the head right, right. and taking, taking a sweet time with that. And we see... We get a lot of Avengers mentions here. Yeah, like her, her mother's like, this is... We're living in a world where the sky opens up and aliens pour out and we're defended by guys with magic hammers. Green and man. Big, big green monsters. So there's an Avengers reference, and but we also see this is kind of the moment where Claire s- takes her first steps on the road to Night Nurse. Um, I think she's already on the road, but here she actually commits to it. Yeah, she's like, she's I want to help yeah. these people. She's been kind of a, uh unwilling participant up to this point. Yeah. But by circumstance, now she's deciding more or less that this is what she's going to do. She's going to be there for these type of people. Yeah. So I th- I like this scene. So it's a really good scene. Yeah. Now, um, here we find out about the alien bullets. Yes. We're uh, back to uh, Harlem's Paradise. At this point in the show, you're kind of wondering what is good. They kind of need an obstacle for Luke. Yeah. Right now, he's because, kind of omnipotent. Yeah. He doesn't. It's no it's no effort to him to take out. Cottonmouth stocks. Right. It's almost an annoyance to him to have to do it. Exactly. So we need something that's going to give him an obstacle, give him a problem. Now, and as find that in the Judas bullet. Yes, which is based on Hammer Tech, but not some made in Ukraine or something like that. Yeah, it's Hammer Tech with alien technology. Yes, from from the incident from the Chitari. Yes, um, and and Cottonmouth is very impressed with with yeah. this bullet. Yeah, now, I love the phrase he uses. I got some some people I would like to baptize with this. Um, he's however, got, he's got a little bit of sticker shock. Yes, these bullets per bullet are very expensive. Yeah, what uh, what do you think the number? I don't understand. A lot of times, I don't understand this. I wouldn't go as so far as say trope, but this 
thing, and you see not just in this show, but in a lot of shows, when someone wants to tell someone else a price, they write it down on a piece of paper and just hand it to them. Now, I understand this if you're standing in a room with numerous other people and you don't want to divulge it, but it's just the two of them in the room. It's it's for dramatic effect. But I feel you. Because I want to know how much bull it costs. Well, keep in mind that uh, right now Cottonmouth only has about 250k in cash, yeah, and some real estate holdings. So I'm going to assume it's a lot more than that. Yeah, we're I'm guessing probably six, six, six figures, seven. maybe seven per yeah. per bullet per bullet. So yeah, now here's the thing: Cottonmouth does not want Diamondback's help. He wants to be a man and do it himself. Right. Shades is pushing him to go to. Correct. Cottonmouth, but, all, but Dimeback. go Diamondback, but also saying, if you go Diamondback, you will essentially be out at some point. Yeah, you're out of the game. He will yeah. take Harlan from you if you have to ask him for help. So Cottonmouth kind of gets his own plan together. So he needs his guns back from police lockup. Domingo's Domingo's guns, guns correction. And he will somehow... I, I, I forgot how this is all going to work out, but he's yeah, only... He's, oh, he's going to use him for a cash advance on the bullets to yeah. Diamondback, right? Or something like that? Something like that. Okay. So we're back at the police station. We find that Scarf is not... Oh, as, we knew this already. Well, no, we knew Scarf was dirty, but Scarf was probably thinking that, you know, no one else was thinking he was dirty, and we find out that this is not the case. No. Because the captain and the lieutenant are there questioning Misty about where Scarf was the night that he was supposed to pick up... Chico? Um, Chico. Yeah. And Misty insists that Scarf is uh, legit. Yeah, they got a long partnership, so she's she's thinking, you know, this is this is BS. Yeah, but she's she's being for all her uh, you know piecing things together abilities that may or may not be a superpower in the show. She she's missing this one pretty pretty blatantly. <laughs> yes. That's okay though. Uh, also, uh, Scarf comes in with Giros. Um, I, I have a, a nitpick here. He got. He got a gyro for, for, for Misty, yeah. and he said he got a veggie one for himself. There's no such thing as a veggie gyro. Why not? Because a gyro is lamb and beef. That's like, oh. that's what it is. All right. Well, so he, he basically- like saying veggie burgers. He got a pita with, with lettuce in it and some ziki sauce. Yeah. That does not make a gyro. <laughs> Take it from a dude who has Greek family here. I, <laughs> I cannot. I'm with it's you. It's not a gyro, by the way. It's a gyro. Okay. All right. It's gyro. It's not a gyro, my friend. <laughs> okay, so we are at Jackie Robinson Park. Yeah. Luke tracks down Zip. I have an observation here really quick. I yes. think there's one less bullet hole in his shirt than there was in the club. I noticed that, too. I'm For a second there, I was squinting to, to look. I was squinting to look if there were any bullet holes in his shirt. Yeah, not to Then nitpick. I kind of noticed it, but yes. yeah, I think they kind of little continuity a little bit laps there it's not gonna matter in a minute though no because there's he gets more of them yeah but <laughs> i like the fact that he's just like okay how many of you were at christmas acts the other night yeah and then zips whole crew is just they like clear up nope, we're gone see ya yep and he lays the law down on zip well not before zip tries to put a couple holes in him with his yeah gun. it doesn't go yeah. well but luke uh yeah luke luke tells him i like see this is where luke gets luke is not just you know a good guy he's a good guy who sees more than himself he picks zip up and he says look where you are yeah. you're in your oh, was it james you're robertson hollowed ground yeah you're on hollowed ground jackie robertson. jack robertson jackie i'm sorry jackie robertson park our legacy is all around us if you look around 
and see it. Yeah. Luke, Luke, this, this, this all means something to Luke. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, so do I. I think it's, it really adds to the show not only his staunch uh, protest of referring to him as the N-word. Yes. But the fact that he is in tune with his own culture. Yes, he is. In the area that he lives in. And that comes into play later on in the episode when he's speaking. See, he's not even from there, though. Yeah. He's but not. he still knows where he came from. And yeah. he, like he's, he knows. He, he knows the history of where he currently yes, is. Yes, correct. Yeah. So Luke gets the ring back. And then we learn that the lieutenant is also in league with Cottonmouth and tells Scarf that he's under surveillance from IA. Yep. And also, Scarf tells him, we need the, we need the guns, by the way. We need Domingo's guns out of yeah. the lockup, so we got to make this and happen. And then they figure well, maybe it'd just be easier to kill Cottonmouth. Mm. Yep. So uh, Luke goes back to Aisha's shop where Aisha is not there. No. We find actually Aisha's father, Eddie. Yeah. And Eddie makes a, a poignant because Eddie asks at first if he if Luke is part of like Cottonmouth's gang right. coming back for more. Eddie makes an observation that, you know, today there's just no respect. Back, no. In, back in the day, things were still wild, but... But there was respect. People still carried groceries for old ladies. Yeah. There was respect. Yeah. Now, there's a degree of get off my lawn in, in that, because I, I, to me, it, all that is very relative. You're always going to be nostalgic for the time you grew up yeah. in. It's it's just it's different now. I mean, he's now yeah, and the toys. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely the toys. No, I'm, we had. I'm sorry, the toys I have. Uh, yeah, yes, that's <laughs> cur- there. You go. Now you're healing it up. Good job. I'll brace my villain role. <laughs> um, but you know, I I you know, it's true though. They're they're it's it's like in Goodfellas, man. Like later in the week, those kids carry my, my mother's groceries all the way home from from the store. You know why? It was out of respect. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, yeah. I I get it. I get it. But uh, this guy's kind of, you know, broken down a little bit, and he's seen it all. Doesn't seem like he's got a lot of hope. Yeah. Luke puts some hope in him. Yep. Well, he tries to. Yeah. Because he knows, even though he doesn't have a lot of hope, he knows who Luke is and what Luke's doing. Yes. And I also do like the observation that, you know, this, is, this again, gets to a kind of a bigger picture sort of thing. Uh, Aisha's father played baseball. And he asked Luke, did you play ball with your father? And Luke said, no. And uh, the gentleman says, baseball's a game passed on from father to son. That's why there no, ain't no black men that play baseball anymore, because there ain't no fathers. That, like, hit me. I was like, wow, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy stuff, and they just drop on you. Because if you look at Major League Baseball, uh, yeah, black players are um, not as numerous as they used to be. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this this line in the show is the cause of it all. No, but, no. Like, but but no, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a cool, uh, cool, that, that's a... That's a hell of an observation. Yeah. And very poignant. Yeah. Um, so we cut back very quickly to the restaurant where Claire sees Luke in a news cast of what happened to Genghis Khan's. Which looks a lot like footage from the show. A <laughs> little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Okay. Not to nitpick. So now we find ourselves at Pops Memorial. Yes. It's all come to this. And the emotional climax of this episode um 
A lot goes on here. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Um, Aisha's packing. She is. It's clear she's going to go after Cottonmouth. Gun in her purse as she enters the church. Intercut with Scarf getting the guns out of lockup. Yes. And he's going to text Cot- Cottonmouth, text Cottonmouth him. Cottonmouth him, ask him if he has the guns. He's about to respond, yes, but... Delete. Yeah. Delete! Because he knows... Delete! Delete! <laughs> Sorry. He he knows if Cottonmouth knows he has the guns. There's likelihood that Cottonmouth could kind of try and screw the deal on him, just kill him and take the guns. Sure. So, well, yeah. Scarf also knows he's got some leverage now. Yeah. So why not, you know, play it up? Yep. Cottonmouth is losing losing his grip a little bit, so Scarf's going to push him a little. Yeah. Um. So now, Luke sits right next to Aisha. Mm-hmm. And through her purse, crushes the gun. Yep. And gives her, well, no, not yet, but he says, I've, I got the ring. Stop. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, stop. Now. Now we have like a point counterpoint. Yeah. This was good stuff. Moment. Um, both, both men, I think, speaking from their heart. Um, I think, obviously, Codmouth. I don't think he used the opportunity as much as he could have. But he still was doing it with intent. Yeah, there was still a little bit here and there. Um, Have you ever had to give a eulogy? Uh, Yes, actually. Yeah. I've had to give two. Uh, One for a dear friend of mine and one for my father. Both times I I started the eulogy saying the same thing. as I will regret this day for the rest of my life. Not because of... I don't have these people anymore, but because there's no way I'm going to be able to sum up the breadth of my relationship to this person right. in like 15, 20 minutes. Right. No, you can't. So, but I think that you have representation here from who Pop started out life as mm-hmm. in the form of Cottonmouth and who he ended life as in the form of Luke. That's a that's a good observation. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Good call. Um, basically, what I got out of this is that Cottonmouth is making this is a this is a power play for Cottonmouth. It's not really a eulogy. It's a it's a he's losing his grip. He's losing the war with Luke right now. Yeah. Him speaking here to rile people up. It's he's trying to play favor. He's trying to gain their favor on, in his side in this little battle that he knows he's going to have with Luke Cage. Yeah. So he plays to Harlem and and the place, saying that he's from here. And this gets this. If you really think about this, this gets kind of political. If you want to look at it this yeah. way, um, and he even says we have undocumented interlopers with strange powers, arcane abilities, arcane abilities. Getting in our business, boy. This is this is prescient stuff. If you really uh, yeah. want to dig into the election, anyway. Um, and the he so the, he plays he plays to that side of the people and they cheer him. Yeah. Then it's Luke's turn, and Luke doesn't play that. Luke doesn't play to the place. No, he, he plays, plays to, the, to people. the people. Right. And he says, you know, I'm not from here. I don't care about Harlem. I care about the people who make Harlem. Yeah, Pop saw the shine. Yes, in everyone. He and not for nothing. He also spoke to Pop more than I think Cottonmouth did. Yeah. Um, and people really liked what Luke yeah, had to say. Luke got a standing out. Yeah, like one dude dropped stood the mic. up for Cottonmouth. Yep. Um, had a boy, Luke. Yeah. 
Luke gives Aisha back the ring. He also threw some shade at, at Cottonmouth, big time. Yeah. Beware of people dressed as friends, yeah. more, more or less. Pretty much. Um, and then they meet outside a little bit. He does give Aisha back the ring. And, you yeah. Know. And then, they, then Cottonmouth and him meet outside. And I think Luke even tells him, keep, keep my name out your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> And so, then Cottonmouth has his awesome laugh that he does, and he gets, yeah, in, gets in his car. Yeah, a great laugh. Um, then we have a quick interlude with Misty. This is the end of the episode. Yeah. But yeah, Misty, once again, tells him. She still believes in the system. I believe in the system, and you are going to get people hurt. Yeah. You're bulletproof, but Harlem, Harlem is, not. is not. That was like the thing that was constantly used in the trailers for the show and whatnot. And it is a very... Considering his situation, I think it really gives Luke something to think about. Absolutely. Like, not so much to quit, but kind of get a little more plan-oriented. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because like I said, to this point, man, he's well-intentioned, but he doesn't have a plan. And and I don't yeah. think he fully appreciates the the people... Well, he doesn't appreciate how easily people can get caught in the yeah. crossfire here. So that's 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 your episode. Yeah, that's the episode. Again, I think it's my favorite episode uh, to date. Yeah, this I is. Um, I think it might end up being my favorite episode of the series. Oh, I don't know. The There's one coming up that I think is really good. Um, here's the thing: this episode, watching it uh, again, is it's watch rewatching these is great in a way because it you get to kind of you get the whole but you get the benefit of the hindsight of, of knowing the, how the whole season plays out, yeah. and seeing how they built up to that point. Um. This episode builds towards something really great with Cottonmouth and Luke, and I, I don't feel like it reached its spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. I don't feel like that conflict reached its. I don't think it ended where it should have with them. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to that. So yeah, there you All go. Right. Episode five. Episode five, folks. Thanks for coming back to us again. We appreciate your understanding of us taking a week off. If you would like to contact us, send us questions, comments, thoughts, you can do so. Complaints. Complaints. Hate mail. (laughs) Hate mail. Hate mail. If you didn't have a Godzilla that was bigger than you as a child, please email Carl. Because I had had grandparents who lavished on me in ways they probably shouldn't have, but, you know, people do it out of love, so. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have had like battles between G.I. Joe and the Godzilla. I could have had G.I. Joe rise up out of the ocean next to the flag. Yeah. Yeah, you could have did that. that. You're not healing it up as much as you should here. You got well, I mean, you, you to blame people for not I'm having the grandparents. I could have done that. You could have just dreamed about it. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. But, but you didn't. Nope. I made it a reality. No, you didn't. But you could have. I could have. Yeah. But you but didn't, didn't. Out of spite. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I just picture you in your big Francis swimming pool tub. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, if you want to send hate mail or hate comments to me because I had a lot of toys as a kid, you could do so at Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com or you can find us on our website at the Devil's Do Podcast. 
com. I want to just make a, a, a quick appeal to people. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, uh, please review it on iTunes. Give us yes. a, a star rating and maybe write something up. It does help us out. Yes, and, and please tell people about the show. Yes. Please share when we post. This is the biggest thing you can do to help us. Spread the word. To get man. the word out about the show. When we post a new episode announcement, please retweet that. Share that. Tell your friends about it who are into the show. And, you know, if they listen to podcasts and whatnot, please spread the word about the show. Yeah, the reviews help, definitely, yep. and, and the shares help. So thank you, guys. Yep, thank you again for joining us. And again, this episode dedicated in loving memory to Uncle Mike. Yes, sir. So you all love the ones that you got close to you. Hold them close. Yeah. Give a big hug. So we're getting in the holiday season. It's easy to lose sight of the purpose behind the season. Get caught up in the commercialism of it get charlie brown if you will <laughs> um but yeah so yeah we'll be back next week same, same dare, dare time oh wow <laughs> how are we gonna bring that home channel. good job courts adjourned